Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Through the magic of radio and TV, we welcome you to South Beach as we begin our coverage of Super Bowl 54. There is no guidebook, no handbook. There's no real discussion that can help you in dealing with a show like this today. We were going to celebrate the NFL getting ready for a Super Bowl and then the tragic news yesterday of Kobe Bryant. We'll um, be respectful to the Super Bowl. That's why we're here, but of course with Kobe Bryant... And our guest list uh, certainly mirrors that. Coming up, Reggie Miller. Reggie's normally on Tuesday. said, I'm on tomorrow. I'm on. you got to put me on. Jerry West, the man who saw the greatness in Kobe before anybody else did, certainly in the NBA, and made that deal where they traded Vlade Divac. Uh, Jerry will join us, and uh, he'll join us coming up a little bit later on. Uh, we have other voices here. Uh, Dan Levitard, a uh, good friend of the show. And uh, Mina Kimes from ESPN will stop by. Michael Urban, the playmaker. The Cowboys Hall of Famer will join us as well. The boys are here ready to go. Got a studio audience and a uh, pretty somber day yesterday. I, uh, I had to get out of the hotel room. No matter where I went, whatever I was watching, whether it was golf yesterday, basketball, the Pro Bowl, and, of course, the news programs. And, God, did I pray that TMZ was wrong. God, I prayed. And um, tough, tough. And then we went to dinner last night, and I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this. But you know what? We get through it. We've gotten through it before. But it just it hits you, and I think it hit all of us yesterday. And even coming over this morning, we sat in the car. We didn't say a word to each other. And I go, I got to get my act together. I got to do this today. And once once again, there's there's no. There's no handbook that says this is how you do a show like this. So uh, bear with us. We'll do our best. Um, we'll try to laugh a little bit. I want to celebrate Kobe Bryant. And I think that sometimes gets lost. You want to mourn. And the reason why it hurts so bad, because of who he was. And he had just started this second career, really a second life. And the, the thing that always stood out with Kobe Bryant was, and this will surprise you, when you say the one thing that stood out with Kobe, his curiosity. I've never met a more curious athlete in my life because he wanted to know about everything. It wasn't just basketball. He would pick everybody's brain because he wanted to be better than Michael Jordan. Like, imagine somebody saying, I'm taking on the legacy. He wasn't afraid of it. He wanted to be better than Mike. You know, other athletes would go, well, easy, don't do that to me. Kobe's like, bring it on. He wanted it. And... 
you know, he's curious about things in life, about fatherhood, business, movies, everything. And whenever he came on, and we're going to play an interview. That the last time was Kobe was on was April of 2018. He had won an Academy Award, and we had him on. And he does talk about his daughter, how good she was at basketball. Um, and there was a, a clip that I want to play where Kobe was on with Jimmy Kimmel. And this is October of 2018. And this was great. Here's Kobe with uh, Jimmy Kimmel talking about Kobe's daughter. Do you think your daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does for sure. She does? I, I don't, I mean, this, this kid, man. Wouldn't like, that be great? Dude, man, I, I'm telling you. The best, the, best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me and she'll be standing next to me and they'll be like, hey, you got to have a boy. You and V got to have a boy. Man, you have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, oh, yeah, I got this. You know, boy, for that, I got this. Like, that's right. Yes, you do. You got this. He jumps up in his seat on Kimmel. Like, he's like, whoa, you know, she, she's ready to go. I, you know, I don't need a boy. I got my basketball player right here. All right, I mentioned the guest list. Uh, very thrilled. You know, I, I love talking to Jerry West. I love it for it to be under other circumstances. But he's the one that saw this with Kobe a long, long time ago. And Reggie, of course, uh, Reggie used to work out with Kobe, and Kobe stole his step-back move, and, and he admits to that. Uh, so Reg wanted to be on today, and uh, we will replay an interview from two years ago. Paulie went back and listened to it last night, and he said it is it's great because it's Kobe, and it's just a conversation. You know, it's not an interview. I always try to have a conversation with him. He's the voice of uh, certainly Florida, certainly Miami, and a friend of the show, and a, a great respect for him. And uh, we wanted to start our Super Bowl coverage with this, and uh, we wanted to start with Mr. Miami. Dan Levitard, who uh, joins us now. Thought it would be under different circumstances today. But uh, Dan, uh, kind enough to join us. He has his show that comes up uh, 10 to 1 on uh, the mothership. So uh, it, it's great to see you. Putting on his headset. True radio guy. Good to see you, bud. Uh, yeah, I wish everyone was a little happier. I see that everybody, this is not what I was expecting to start Super Bowl week off in Miami. Uh, Everyone's walking around a little uh, shell shocked. And you were with the Miami Herald. I think you started 1990, and what 2016 is when you stopped. So you, we cover careers. You know that we're fortunate. We've been there wire to wire with people. And if I said Kobe Bryant, the word that stood out to me was curiosity, because I saw him more as a person, not just a basketball player. If I said one word, is there one? A competitionaholic. Yeah. Um, like that guy was a cartoon manifestation of will rivaled only by Michael Jordan in terms of wanting. There are plenty of people who want, but yeah, he was curious that way because of how he craved. He craved desperately. Can you remember anything like this that we've covered sports-wise? Not, not in my lifetime. Like that, yesterday felt different than just about any day I've seen in sports where I feel like we all had a very similar reaction. It's disbelief, it's don't be true, it's checking to make sure it's true, and then, you know, the sudden arrival of grief, and then you see the mourning spread. Um, and it, it had to be a little bit like, um, you know, echoing beyond sports the way John Lennon's death echoed beyond music. It had to, because you just, you just had this mass grieving, and I think we had the same kinds of thoughts, right? Like, beyond just the horror of the tragedy, 
What an awful day for Vanessa Bryant, his yep. wife, to experience the loss of her husband and the worst pain a human can feel, the loss of a child, and the helplessness Kobe Bryant had to feel in whatever were the last seconds of his life, not able to protect his daughter uh, from that. Uh, it's, it's just mortality from someone we think of as kind of immortal. And I thought of Len Bias, but Len Bias was just starting his career. And that was self-inflicted. But I remember being in Brooklyn, New York at a hardware store, and I heard the news that Len Bias had died. And I go, Len Bias doesn't die. Certainly not at that age. Yeah, they're supposed to be bigger, stronger, faster, bulletproof. They're not as human as the rest of us. Life isn't as frail for them. Yeah. And that's, that's why when I said there's no way to start a show, there's no way to do a show, like, I think you just kind of jump in and you go, we go where it takes us to go or where it wants to go, and even the guests that we have on. I don't know if Jerry West is going to be capable of doing an interview today. I saw him on TV, and he looked like he had just simply been crying yeah. a lot. And then Reggie Miller, he said, look, we battled, but I'm on the show on Monday, and he normally is on Tuesday. And I said, we'll make way for you. And, you know, I just, I think you get to this point, like, how long do you grieve, and then when do you tell story? How do you celebrate somebody like this? Because there is a celebration to it. That's why it hurts so bad. Yeah, but one of the reasons that it's jarring is because of how, at the very top end, champion of champions, the way they go through retirement is we watch them make that slow walk to the Hall of Fame so we could celebrate and romance all the memories yeah. all over again. We're supposed to get that, that aging process. And we saw this guy. We saw it physically happen. All of us watched him go from young to old, from a teenager to a legend. We watched that evolution. We aged with him. You're supposed to get to che keep cheering that as it goes. You're not supposed to have that taken away at 41, you know, raising two young daughters. And then watching the golf yesterday, and Tiger gets the news as he leaves 18 and he's going into the scorer's tent, and his caddy, Joe LaCava, said, hey, I just want to let you know because you're going to meet with the media. Kobe passed away. And he goes, excuse me? Yeah, it was all of us. It was yeah. all of us, right? It was yeah. all of us. Like, that can't be right. That can't be right. How does this affect, let's say, your show today? I mean, we're just going to stumble around and, and fail and, and you know, try, try, just try. And as far as this coverage of, does your show, would it have changed any by the Super Bowl being here in Miami? I mean, no, we were going to have, I'm, I, we, you know, I'm a court jester. We spoof sports radio. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be a party. It's supposed to be fun. We are uh, uniquely ill-equipped to handle this particular <laughs> uh, this particular move. Yeah, join the club because I, I just, we went to dinner last night and I didn't want to go. Got in the car this morning and I said, I, I. I don't want to do this today. I'm surprised those guys played yesterday. Mike Breen was saying, yeah. I don't want to broadcast. Like, everybody, I, I just, I don't know what it was like for Roberto Clemente uh, to pass. I know that in my lifetime, uh, the, the one, the, the, the seismic one was Ali dying, bigger than all the rest. But that just happened so gradually. It was not unexpected. It's not what yesterday was where all over sports and beyond everyone is reacting the way Tiger Woods is. Which is what? What do you mean? At least we had a build-up to Muhammad Ali. Uh, even Walter Payton a little bit. But when that happens, you know, there, there's still that element of shock that goes along with you. you can be, it's like when your parents, uh, both of my parents passed away, 
you know, you know that it's going to happen, but then there's still that day when you walk in and then they're not there anymore. But he's supposed to be forever young, right? Yeah. He's a symbol for life. Yeah. Like, he's a symbol for living the, 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 the conquering of bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, and we, we saw all of it with him. Like, he, you think about what happened with him and that sexual assault settlement and everything that happened in Colorado and how... The marriage ended up staying together when we thought the family was falling apart right in front of us. And for him in his 40s to have been, at least on the outside from afar, what seemed like the, the portrait of a family man, um, you see what happened. And you, you, how could your heart not go out to the, the families of everyone on that helicopter? How could your heart not go out to Vanessa Bryan experiencing what she is today? Stan Levitard, of course, his uh, show on ESPN 10 to 1 with Stu Gatz uh, joining us here. Peter King will join us a little bit later on. Reggie Miller, Jerry West will stop by. Michael Irvin will join us. I did reach out to you a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you knew what I was doing when I asked you when I said, I want to have our street artist, Arcy, give us five portraits of Miami legends, icons when it came to sports. And if you look to your left, that's one of them with Michael Irvin and the U, and that's done by spray paint with our street artist, and uh, Mike doesn't know that we did it, but we, we have other ones each day that we're going to unveil, and that's why I was saying, give me five, and then you're goofing around saying, you know, throwing in Stu Gotts is one of the, the five, and I go, no, 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 I need five here. And so you you gave me a few more than well, that. Well, who did you who did you end up selecting? Well, that's oh, it's a big, oh, I'm it's sorry, I ruined it. It's a, I thought you know, given the picture there, I, well, all right, we've revealed one. Yeah, that's today. All right. Yeah, and then there'll right. be another one tomorrow, okay. and then one after that. Five days in the week. And then okay. Tyler Hero will be on Friday as one of the iconic. <laughs> we, ran, we ran out. We ran out of Miami I, uh, guys after I, four. You had four, and I go, I don't know who else you have here. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking, surveying here, the guys who look like they're dressed for Miami, is there anybody? Good Lord, they're a failure. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. my God. Okay. The four of them. Okay. What is the matter with I know. Them? I wouldn't take them outside anywhere here dressed like that. Do you realize that these guys, you know, they started working out because, you know, okay. No, no. They started working out a week ago to get ready for South Beach. I said, it doesn't work that way, guys. So that's what I'm stuck with here. I mean, I at least threw a little, you know, color in with my South Beach. And you got any Miami tips here for the for the guys? I mean, you guys are going to have some difficulties uh, moving around here shortly. This is a very small piece of land, and they're dumping <laughs> they're dumping a whole lot of people on it. So I would uh, I would choose the places that you want to go now that are closer to your hotel because you're not going to want to be going on and off this beach. And then you got married, and I uh, got an opportunity to go to your wedding. And I said I would go as long as I was the biggest celebrity there. Yeah, you upstaged the bride. And then I realized. I, I thought I was in the clear. I thought I was doing pretty well. I'm surveying the, you know, Mina Kimes and Sarah Spain, and, you know, there, there's some, you know, obviously talented journalists there. And I'll be damned if Pat Riley doesn't walk in. I'll go, damn it, not the biggest <laughs> name at the Levitard <laughs> wedding. Yes, yeah. You were the best silver fox. Dan. You think so? You were. Well, yes. that's Riley. You kicked his no, ass. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I, I looked at him you and I said, amazing. you still, did you get my wedding gift? Um, oh, my God. Hold on a second, Dan. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. I, I have failed. I have failed. This is, here's the thing. Here's the true story. 
Uh, we gave to a bunch of, we had people giving to charities, and we're a little, dis, or I'm a little disorganized. Yeah, I asked you about donating. Right, but so we don't to know. The zoo. We don't know exactly who gave what to where, and so we, I'm, I'm ashamed to say we have not sent out the thank yous yet. What did you get my gift? Yes, I got your gift, but you're going to ask me to remember it now, and I'm going to be ashamed. Oh, no, and no, there, there. Valerie, what did Dan Patrick get us? There is. What did he get us? You, you don't know either? I, oh, my God. Wait, I sent you a Dan Patrick Show calendar. Wait a minute. I got that. I thought that was because. Wait a minute. Well, I that's, thought, that's a wedding gift. No, I thought that that was because I'm a guest on your show. No. The piece of crystal. No. You gave a, a frame. I got the picture frame. That's, for the, that's the wedding picture. If you wanted to get a picture of me in there, right. or a picture, let's do that. You and me together in that picture yeah. is fine. I'll wear Valerie's wedding dress. Okay, wait, Rodman here. Okay, but yeah, I sent you an autograph calendar. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate. I it. I sent you a couple of shirts and a couple of. Hats. You sent me a couple of crappy hats. Yes. Coming from a guy who wears crappy hats yeah. every day. I know. Who's more? I know. Who's more that's an authority on crappy that's hats. That's why I me. got you a crappy hat. I would have gotten you a nice one. And then you got the, the beautiful picture frame. It was a beautiful okay. picture frame. Yeah, but you it didn't was. remember. Did no, you? I did remember. I'm sorry. I thought it was just for being a guest on the show. I thought, look, you run a big-time outfit here. <laughs> You're overlooking the water here, and despite my green room experience that was between three ferns, everything around here <laughs> is, is lavish. And so I thought you were just sending me for being a guest on your show some crystal. I didn't know. I did get it, by the way, two months after the wedding. Well, no, there's a year... Years period there, I okay, think. But that's you understand my confusion. Do you understand when you said that? Why are we arguing about I, this? I don't know. I was honored to go. I, I was honored to be there. Thank you for being there. What do you think you'll be doing in thirty years from now? Oh, good God! Um, I, I How about five years from now. I'm uh, just creative stuff somewhere. Something. I don't want to get you in trouble with ESPN. No, just creative okay. stuff. Just I'm I'm going to be. I probably am not going to be working as hard as the Daily Diarrhea we're producing today. As, as hard as your brother. Is that the show's name? Daily Diarrhea? It should be, right? Yeah. All, all our shows. Dan's Daily Diarrhea. His entire career yeah. is, is stacked the top a mountain of it. Yeah, and, but your brother works really hard. Yes, my brother's very good. LeboArt.com. Yes, get your plug in. Uh, and if you retire, what's Stu Gatz do? Um, well, he, he finds someone else to latch on to. Did you yourself in at the wedding, I, didn't I, you? Like he drove you home and everything, Stu Gatz drove me home. I'm William H. Macy's character in Boogie Nights where I show up every day <laughs> and on the driveway he's flirting with someone else. And and I sent a text to him the next day. I go, hey, I got home. Don't worry about me. Stu Gatz drove me home. But why are my pants on backwards? <laughs> and he goes, What? <laughs> I said, yeah. yeah, Stu Gatz drove me home in his BMW, and uh, it was great. I had a great time. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Yes, sir. And I'm glad you enjoyed that uh, that wedding gift. That was really special. I'm going to send them some clothes, all right? I need some sizes here. I need some sizes. Okay. I'm going to send them, I'm gonna send them some clothes. I want to see them see dressed a little bit differently tomorrow. Right. Uh, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. Go entertain a nation. He's uh, Dan Levitard, everybody. We'll take a break. It's 18 after the hour. The great football writer Peter King will join us coming up next year. Dan Patrick Show. All right, as everyone knows, student loan debt is a huge topic in the news these days, and it's a big issue for many young people and, you know, not so young people. That's why I want to tell you about Credible. Credible.com is an online marketplace to get you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. It can help you get out of student loan debt. It's a great system. Trust me, and you can consolidate all your student loan bills in one place, get serious peace of mind. 
incredible customers have given some awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 different lenders. Checking rates doesn't impact your credit. They're so confident they have the best rates that they'll give you $200 if you refinance your student loans with a better rate elsewhere. They never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of lenders. Trust me, Credible.com slash Dan. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Dan. Fill in a couple pieces of info to check what rates you are eligible for. Again, Credible.com slash Dan. Refinance your student loans and start saving. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Out of respect to uh, the news with Kobe Bryant, I just didn't think a poll question was warranted today, so we're not going to have one. We will try to have one tomorrow. But I just I, I didn't know if there was an appropriate poll question and certainly didn't want to, didn't know if I could do one that was Kobe-related that was apropos. So we decided that we won't do a poll question today. Uh, phone calls, if you'd like, we'll try to get to those. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick. NBCSports.com, NFL columnist, Football Morning in America. It's a must-read for football fans, and you can see it every Monday at NBCSports.com as we make way for the great Peter King back on the program. Peter, kind enough to join us during the season. Peter's sauntering in, wearing pants. Looking good, Pete. Hello. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. Peter King. Okay. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what the uh, topic was going to be prior to yesterday's news, and then when it happened, and then you said, you know, you still like to come on. You had a Kobe Bryant story. We will talk football because there's a few things to talk about, and obviously it's Super Bowl week. But uh, where do you want to start with the Kobe so Bryant? So, I, I, Dan, I uh, one day last week I insanely got up at three o'clock in the morning and rode to work with Andy Reid. So that was the lead to my column. Wrote it on Friday, filed it, was all set and was just cleaning up some of the loose ends in my column on my way down here yesterday. And so you get the news of Kobe. And I had just this one thought that, you know, the first day the San Diego Chargers became the Los Angeles Chargers, 2017, uh, the uh, PR guy, Josh Ruprecht, who used to work for the Lakers and who knew Kobe very well, asked him to come in and talk to his team about what's it going to be like to play in L.A.? What What is that whole thing going to be like? And so Kobe comes in, he tells him a little bit about L.A., and then he asks for questions. And someone, I mean, I can't figure out if the New York Times book review planted this question, but said, Kobe, what's your favorite book? And he said, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. <laughs> and so, okay, explanation, please. And uh, he just said, you know, this is about a nonconformist who was tired of fighting other seagulls for the scraps on the beach and who wanted something more out of life. He wanted to be truly great at everything. And so his whole thing was, hey, you're in the NFL, guys. Great, good job. But what else is there? Do you want to just settle for being one of 1,600 guys who play professional football? Or do you want to truly be great? 
do you want to really, uh, you know, be the best at flying, which is what Jonathan Livingston Seagull wanted to be? And then do you want to get great at other things? And not only is it an NFL story, because I'm sure a lot of guys in that audience, the Chargers are devastated today, just like everybody across America is, but Jonathan Livingston Seagull is the Kobe Bryant story. He was great at one thing. He was great at flying. He was great at playing basketball. And now, with his detail series, with coaching his daughter, with doing all these other things in life, he wanted he wanted to be great at something else. That, to me, is the real tragedy of this, not to mention uh, the other people who died, including, you know, his absolute sweetheart of a daughter. So, I don't know, Dan. I, I never met the guy. I don't know him at all. I'm not an NBA guy, but I just... I just am incredibly sad about it, just like everybody else is. Yeah, the word that I used and the word that always came to mind with Kobe was curiosity. I, yeah. I was just, he was curious. And yeah. there are certain athletes who are like this. They're curious beyond their sport. I mean, Kobe didn't want to be defined by, oh, you're a great basketball player. He wanted to be defined by more than that. You win an Oscar. I remember he came on and he said, what am I doing up there winning an Oscar? But in my mind... You know why you're up there winning an Oscar, because you planned on doing that. I don't think he would ever go into this going, yeah, I don't know, maybe I could win an Oscar. I think he was so goal-oriented, plus to take on that, you know, Tom Brady never said, I don't think publicly, hey, I want to be as good as Montana, if not better. Like, what other sports do you have a guy say? And, you know, Mike's leaving, and Kobe says, if you're giving me the, the baton, great. If you're not, I'm taking the baton. Yeah. He wanted to be greater than Michael Jordan and wasn't afraid of that. I don't know what other sport where, like Tiger, I think, probably said, hey, you think Jack's great, I'll be better than him. And I think his father kind of reinforced that. But I don't know how many sports where you'd have somebody who is iconic. Uh, you know, did Peyton Manning say, hey, I want to be better than uh, Joe Montana? I think... Peyton's the kind of guy who I think said it quietly. And I bet Tom Brady said it quietly, too, because Tom Brady was absolutely determined. He was not going to let the 199th pick stand in the way of him finding some way at some point to be great. It's, I think it's so interesting when you compare the real, real great people. I remember Brady telling me one time that if one of the best things that happened to him was being a sixth-round pick because nothing was expected of him. And then as time went on, it was, you know, early in his second year after he'd had two training camps, a full off-season program, after, you know, his selfless ethos, Belichick knew what that was. Why did Bill Belichick not go back to Drew Bledsoe in 2001 when Bledsoe was healthy? Because, quite honestly, he liked Tom Brady better at that moment than he liked Drew Bledsoe. And you can say, well, how is that possible? Bledsoe's the highest-paid quarterback in football, and you say, well, it's because Brady comes to work every day and he does one thing. Not that Bledsoe didn't do this, but Brady comes to work every day and he does one thing. How can I make the team better? And so that, to me, is what makes a lot of these guys so great because I think Kobe Bryant was exactly the same. LeBron is the same now. And and so I, I think it's that, that he wanted to be absolutely great at what he did and even though basketball was over, he was going to find another world to conquer. He's Peter King from NBC Sports joining us. Uh, a little bit later on, Jerry West will stop by. Reggie Miller will join us as well. Amazing you got Jerry West. Boy, he'll be great. Today. I've had a, 
I've had a great relationship with him, and I, I had mixed emotions on telling Fritzy to reach out to him because I, I, I wanted him to grieve. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, that sensitivity, insensitivity, and it's a fine line where... I, I think he came in because of your basketball career. <laughs> I really do. You do? You think that's what it was? Uh, there's a couple of uh, football items here with Brady. Now, the Patriots, didn't they uh, issue a, uh, like a deadline I, here? I saw that Adam Schefter said that on Twitter the other day, which uh, surprises me because I think that the Patriots are probably looking at what happened to them last year. On the day in late March that Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement, that was the same day that Jared Cook, who was the, the apple of the Patriots' eye if Gronk retired, agreed to a contract with the New Orleans Saints. So they don't want to get stuck holding the bag. I think the big problem is, right now, how can Tom Brady know two days before free agency starts what he wants to do? I mean, honestly, Dan, what's going to have to happen is that people would have to reach out to him illegally. You know, Tom Brady wants to play football. He doesn't necessarily not want to play football for the Patriots. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of unrealistic. I believe that if you really are grateful for what Tom Brady has done for your organization for two decades, you say, hey, Tom, listen, you take your time, you do what you want. Now, there's a chance in the meantime that we might, and we'll let you know, but we might sign Teddy Bridgewater. We might make an insane offer on a restricted free agent like Taysom Hill. We might do something else, and we'll tell you, but we're not going to wait until April 23rd when you have decided, okay, I'm coming or I'm not coming. And so I, I get that. I, I think it's a little bit dangerous if, if it's true that they want him to decide two days before free agency because clearly Tom Brady, I think, wants to smell the roses. There's a reason he wants to be a free agent. It would defeat the purpose of being a free agent <laughs> if the Patriots give you a deadline before you can become a free agent. And that, to me, just reading it from the outside, that's pushing Tom Brady away. I also found it interesting that Brady wrote a letter to the Hall of Fame voters to support Troy Polamalu. Yeah, he did. Now, he did that for Jason Taylor, and maybe Jason Taylor needed a little bit more than Troy Polamalu. I was surprised that it feels like Troy Polamalu, and of course, you've been in that room and been a voter Troy Palomalu, when I hear the name, is a Hall of Famer. I, I would agree, Dan. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I've done it for 28 years, and for 28 years I've been surprised at what happens when we walk out of the room and two hours later we see it announced who's in the Hall of Fame because we do secret ballots. We don't. Nobody knows who anybody else votes for. So that did – I'm not saying it surprised me, but – I'm not positive that there's a lot of in, a lot of stuff that's deep and dark about that. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just reached out to Tom and said, "I know you admire Troy Palomalo. Would you uh, give us a few thoughts about him, or, or, or write a letter for him?" And and he did. And quite honestly, I, you know, and I'm trying to think of somebody else on the list that we played a lot. But I think, I mean, let's say John Lynch. I don't know how many times he played against him, but a few. I bet if somebody asked Tom Brady to do that for John Lynch, he'd probably do it too. I, I don't know that, but and I'm thinking Zach Thomas. Uh, I don't know if he would. Yeah, that's it. That's a, that would be a good one too, because obviously he played him. He played uh, Thomas a lot. Uh, the five-year window. How does that help or hurt Eli Manning? 
I think it helps them a lot, um, at least because I, I shouldn't say helps them a lot. I think it helps them because I remember, you know, going back to Kurt Warner, there was so much because Warner had the highest highs and he had the mediocrest mediocres, you know. I mean, he had a huge donut hole in the middle of his career, but I think if you basically sit back and you appreciate what he did, you know, in those years when he was with the greatest show on turf and then he had the rebirth late in his career with the Cardinals, I, I thought that that allowed us, allowed me anyway, to basically sit back and have some clarity. Right now, you know, there's it's like the Democrats and Republicans. You've got two sides on Eli Manning screaming at each other. You've got the one side saying two it's great not that postseason intense, run. Just, just saying, I don't think it's I, that intense. I, I, have you seen Twitter over the weekend? <laughs> I mean, you have know. you seen the impeachment? Uh, here? Yeah, I, I have. I have. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, you got one side saying two incredible postseasons cannot erase uh, sixteen years of almost all mediocrity. You know, he, it, it, he defines mediocre in so many ways, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that, you know, that's just the fact of, of what happened to him. But, I mean, I, I agree with those who say, well, if you have two of the greatest postseasons, I would bet that of all players in the 100-year history of the NFL, well, they haven't been doing championship games and playoffs for that long, but 85 or 90 years, he's had two of the five to ten best postseasons of any player in NFL history. And so that really has to count for something. You know, beating the great Belichick and Brady twice in their absolute prime. So, we'll see. I'll leave you with this. The reason why the Kansas City Chiefs are favored in this Super Bowl is why? I mean, if you're favored by one point, does it matter? Isn't that the line? But, but doesn't it feel like San Francisco has a better offensive line, defensive line, better secondary? Um, you, it's a push with the coaches, probably with play calling. Yeah. Wide receivers, you'll go with Tyree Kill. Tight end is a push with Kittle and Kelsey. Isn't this just Patrick Mahomes is better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, the stat that is really important in this game, in my opinion, is that since he entered the league, Patrick Mahomes is the most efficient quarterback with the most yards and the highest rating when he gets pressured and has to throw in less than two and a half seconds. And I know that sounds ridiculously analytical, pro-football-focused, nerdy stuff. But think about it. If you're forced to throw when, hey, if you if you get to a quarterback within two and a half seconds, that's really good. And every time it's two and a half seconds or less, he's the best quarterback in football in his first two years in football. So that's pretty good. There's one thing I'll, I, I just believe from my I took a ride with Andy Reid, as I said, and I think Andy Reid, I just get this sense that whatever happens, he has a real peace with what happens in this game because he knows that his quarterback is going to be an extension of him on the field in all ways. And so I think that's why Reid's comfortable today. When do you make your pick? I don't, I don't know. I, I was thinking about picking the 49ers, and then I, thought, I kept thinking about that stat. Now I'm thinking about picking the Chiefs, and hopefully nobody will care by the time I make my pick on Friday. So nobody will pay attention. And you know when people come up to you and they say, who do you like in the game? And it feels like there's a gambling tinge yeah. to that. Like, oh, God, that somebody's going to go. On the plane yesterday, some guy asked me that, and he said, 
what about the over? I said, <laughs> I, said I, I don't know. I think I think there might be a lot of points scored. I mean, but what is the over? <laughs> you know? Yeah. They never know. give you money when you're right, and they always blame you when <laughs> yeah. you're wrong. That's, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. that's right, Dan. Uh, hey, Peter, thank you for stopping by. Dan, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll take a break. We will play some uh, Kobe Bryant clips from previous appearances on the show, and we'll bring back an interview that he did. I think it was one of the best interviews we've done on this show, and it's not because of me. It's because of him. He was just very open, honest, talked about the Oscar, talked about his daughter's basketball ability. Uh, we just we, we were that proud of it. We wanted to bring it back. We'll have that for you uh, coming up next hour. Also, play of the day is a tribute to when Kobe shocked the basketball world. We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. If you're looking to add some excitement, make BetDSI.com your betting partner. Use BetDSI's live betting platform where you can watch all the events and even bet all the games until the final whistle. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. Why choose BetDSI? BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years and is top rated on betting review sites. Use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. BetDSI has a user-friendly interface and mobile site and has the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. Try live betting at BetDSI, where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play, and every minute until the end. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI and use promo code DP101. And get this limited time Time 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash. It's only a game until you bet it. Bet DSI. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play. The play. Of the day. Check this out. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Uh, just another one in there. Oh, okay. Kobe Bryant, 28 for 46 from the field. This would be 18 for 20 from the line. And an 81 point game. 55 in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history. They actually needed it. They won 122-104, to 104, courtesy of Fox Sports Network West. And uh, that was January 22, 2006. And Kobe scored 81, going 28-46 uh, from the field, 18-20 of 20 from the line as the Lakers picked up the win. Uh, that play of the day is brought to you by LegalZoom. Make 2020 a year you'll remember for the right reasons. Use LegalZoom to help you out. Go to LegalZoom.com. Use the promo code PATRICK in the box at checkout. 
LegalZoom.com, promo code Patrick LegalZoom, where life meets legal. We've had Kobe on numerous times. We always appreciated it. He listened to the show, usually when he was uh, commuting on the 405. He had talked about that. But I did ask him, this is back in 2012, I said, what advice would this Kobe tell Kobe in his first NBA game? What advice would this Kobe give that Kobe coming into the league? Stretch. <laughs> <laughs> stretch, stretch, just stretch some more. Yeah, something simple, just stretch. <laughs> but the Danettes were a little schoolgirls, though. When Kobe would call in, and, and, and Fritzy had a, a story, Seaton had a story, and Paulie, and I said this morning, I said, do you guys have any, uh, you know, Kobe stories? And they all said, yeah, but it's really a, uh, a brief moment. And I go, oh, okay, well, then we'll save it for the show. Fritzy, your Kobe moment. My Kobe moment is when uh, the phone would ring. I, I answered the phone as I always do. Dan Patrick Show. This is Todd. But on this particular occasion, I just said Dan Patrick Show. Maybe I was in the middle of doing something else. And without saying my name, Kobe, who proves obviously he's familiar with the Dan and familiar with the show, and you, obviously, he said, uh, hey, what's going on, Todd? And he was just very friendly. And he, on more than one occasion, he called me by my name, which uh, that was one of those, you know, schoolgirl exciting moments that he knows who I am. What about you, Seton? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a similar story, but you just pick up the phone, uh, and, you know, you're like, Dan Patrick show. This is, you know, Patrick at the time. I was Patrick. <laughs> and uh, he goes, what's up, Patrick? It's Kobe. I say, hey, dude, what's going on? <laughs> and I was just like, you're immediately that comfortable. Like, hey, dude, what's going on? And he goes, chilling, chilling. And I said, all right, man, I'll get Dan for you. And I was like, dang, I just said, dude, to Kobe Bryant. This is crazy. Paulie? It, it's about the same. Uh, his agent said he would be calling at any minute. And uh, I happen to answer the phone because Todd was out of the room. And I go, I go, Dan Patrick, there's Paul. And I heard his agent goes, oh, he listens to the show and he's on his way to work. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. But it's, it's nice to think that Kobe may listen to our radio show on KLAC. And so I answer the phone. But I said, Paul, I go, Dan Patrick, is Paul. He goes, Paulie, Kobe. And I was like, come on, man. And it was, that was enough for me. And I was like, it, it just felt good that he may have listened to the show. And that was really cool. I mentioned that he welcomed the challenge of being better than Michael Jordan. Uh, most seasons named both first-team All-NBA, first-team All-Defensive. This is all-time. Michael with nine, then it's Kobe with eight, Tim Duncan with seven, and then LeBron James with five. But, you know, when you start to – you don't mention Kobe's defense. We do that with Michael, but we don't with Kobe. But Kobe, earlier in his career, at least those first eight or nine years – he took upon the challenge of wanting to shut somebody down. But, you know, that was what that was what was always, I think, I think he's underrated. I do. And I don't say that because of what happened to him. He won five, and he was there in between. So it was Jordan and LeBron, and then sandwiched in between was Kobe. And while we're trying to compare, LeBron is more like Magic than he is Michael. Kobe patterned his game after Michael. The tongue out, every I mean, he was saying, hey, I'm the same size as you, and I'm, I'm coming at your legacy. You know, LeBron was kind of a hybrid of, of Michael and Magic. But I also love that, you know, Kobe reached out to LeBron via Twitter after he passed him on the all-time scoring list. I think Kobe found his, like there was a, a soft landing for him of where his place is in NBA history. And, and he realized that. He's such a competitor they still wanted to sort of fight for that. And then after a while, you go, this is who I am and what I meant to the game. And it felt like he was comfortable enough to say, hey, look, LeBron's moving up. He may have every record before it's all said and done. I got five titles. 
you want to give some of the love to Shaq, go ahead. You want to say I wasn't Michael, go ahead. But I'm comfortable with who I am and what I did as an NBA player. Yeah, Paul. Uh, little story. Years ago, my wife and I are down in Punta Cana, and we're at a hotel, at the hotel bar the night Kobe's last game, and he's dropping 60. And when he gets up to about 40 points, everyone in the hotel bar, and it's like an international clientele of people, and everyone just turns towards the TV. And it was getting late, and they were getting ready to close the hotel bar. And they started, like, turning stuff off, and they get ready to turn the TV off, and this guy goes, you're not turning anything <laughs> off. And this big dude looks at the bartender, and we all sat there, and these were casual sports fans, and everyone was just in, entranced watching him score 60. Here's Kobe talking about that night when he scored 81. If I said you could only have one on your resume, you could get the 80, 81, or you could get mm -hmm. the, the 60 in your last game. You have to pick between those two. You only get one. Oh, man. Uh, I'd probably go with the 81 because we were like one game out of making the playoffs <laughs> that year. So we needed, literally needed every single game to get into the postseason. So if we had dropped that one, I think we would have been, uh, been in serious jeopardy of missing the playoffs that year. So I'll go with the 81. Now, I didn't want to say 81 because that's a hell of a lot of points you want to attach it to. Yeah, we're trying to make the playoffs here. Deep down, you want to score 81 because it's 81. Michael scored 69. That was the most. All right, one hour in the books. Two more hours to go. Mina Kimes, great writer, ESPN. Reggie Miller will join us coming up as well. Jerry West will join us. And Michael Irvin, the uh, Hall of Famer from the Cowboys. Just getting started here, Super Bowl week. Glad you're part of the program wherever you are. Seeing Paulie Fritz and McLove and yours truly. What's happening, everybody? This is the official Lakers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Trudell. Super pumped to be here, flanked by Aaron Larsoul. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's get it. I think the Lakers will be a top 10 defense. Okay, now. you're calling your shot again. A team that has two stars or two superstars in this case, as LeBron and AD, can sometimes cancel each other out. But I think they're both good candidates for MVP. I really like the way that this team just feels to be around. Mm -hmm. the, uh, it's, a, it's a very clear message. It's two stars in LeBron and AD, and it's everybody else that's on board. The relationship that is developing between those two off the court and on the court, their cohesiveness on the court, I think in this case this is a special case that the two of them will enhance each other as opposed to taking away from each other. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.